Welcome to the Podcrastinators, bringing you a mixture of comedy, social and political commentary from New Zealand and around the globe. In other words, the show that's meant to make sense of everything, but quite often doesn't. Hello, I'm Darren Lees, a globally experienced businessman, politically to the right, stand-up comedian, comedy writer and of course, podcast presenter. And I'm Matt Danaher, I'm an amateur writer, traveller, podcaster and Instagram influencer and professional union organiser and socialist who likes to be optimistic about the future. Welcome to the Podcrastinators Season 2, Episode 10. Our guest today has already created a huge name and reputation for themselves at the tender age of 21. Last year, they were the Raw Quest runner-up and have already been on the bill at many pro gigs, including our own pro gig recently at Brothers Beer on Hunger, along with the likes of Tim Bat and Nick Rado. He's already been touted as having a huge future ahead of him. Welcome to the show, Thomas Chapman. Oh, thank you. Welcome, Thomas. Hello, Darren and Matt. Hopefully, (laughs) that that very hastily put together bio was relatively accurate. Yeah, (laughs) I was on that gig that you guys made. And you are 21? Yep. That's good enough. And you were the runner-up at the Royal Quest? Yes. Oh, I love accuracy. Yeah, yeah. Amazing that's what, what makes a good podcast. I'm really waiting for that. I'm waiting for the day you get your own Wikipedia page so I don't have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're our only guest that doesn't have their own Wikipedia page, actually. Um, and I think, I think being on the podcast makes you noteworthy. Oh, yeah. Now you're now allowed to... Your now you're allowed, allowed your own Wikipedia page. A whole rem- Wikipedia page. Hmm. I don't remember Matt Coombe having a Wikipedia page. Yeah, he has, and Cheryl Coyle. Matt no and way. Cheryl have it. No way, fuck this, I'm going on the I internet. don't know, I... Fucking hell, Matt. <laughs> Matt made it himself, <laughs> first <Wikipedia> off. Page. <laughs> oh my word, Thomas Chapman, welcome to the show. Um... Give us a, tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us a bit about your background and stuff. Um, well, uh, not much to say. Um, <laughs> um, uh, I, I was born in Auckland. I've lived here all my life except one year. So, you know, real exciting. <laughs> and where was that one year? I lived in uh, Vancouver in Canada for a year. And what took you over there, mate? Uh, my mum's job. Oh, okay, cool. What yeah, does your mum do? She's a doctor, so you get Cool, to let's go, talk more like... about your parents. They're probably... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's get them Wikipedia pages. <laughs> Mrs. Nah, Wikipedia. And we got family over there, so it makes sense, made sense to go over there. It was good fun. Did a year of school over there for about three weeks and all the teachers went on strike for the rest of the year so oh cool yeah i did three weeks of school then nothing else and then came back to new zealand and entered year two with no knowledge <laughs> I, and like, did I know you, how to read that's about it did you come back because your mother's job had finished over there or did you yeah. come back yeah, yeah you, for, as, as like a doctor you can do like a year overseas yeah as like training because for some reason that's just a ridiculously good job but they're just like yeah you can just travel and work and we'll have you back in a bit 
Is it fair to say that probably three weeks in a Canadian high school is worth the same as about a year in a New Zealand high school in terms of what you learn? Well, it depends. It wasn't high school. It was ah. the first year of primary school. So I think nah. they're on par with shitness. <laughs> so what primary school? So you'd have been like five, six, five, six, something like that? Yeah, like five or something. Oh, Went shit. over there. Saw some people do heroin, came back. Because nice. that's not a that's not a thing in New Zealand, but it's just everywhere in Vancouver. It's just hobos doing heroin on the street. Like well, just sh shooting up and then throwing the needles into the street. And you're like, man, I can tell why jandals aren't a thing here. <laughs> well, that and the weather. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so this was summer. It, it was. Nice. Yeah, because in the winter, it would have been about minus 40. Yeah, but no, no, not Vancouver's like uh, Auckland, but it gets snow. So that's like, that's why there are so many, so many homeless people there is because they can't live in other places in Canada right. and live through the winter. Like Edmonton does get to minus 40 and it, there's no homeless people. No, not for <laughs> long. Them away. They're kind of frozen to the underside of the bridge. Yeah, yeah, they hibernate. Yeah. Like so you... the bears. Maybe the bears are just homeless people. Yeah. With big coats. Big coats. In the 1980s, Canada had a massive um, fur coat for homeless people scheme. At a great trade. Yeah. They're like, we're trading bear pelts, and it's like, <laughs> you've just stolen the coat off a hobo. <laughs> yes. Hunters a skinned out there. one. That They're came just... off with a zip. <laughs> Hunters out there, they're just shooting homeless people and <laughs> yeah. taking their coats. I use every part of the bear. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently their genitals make good aphrodisiacs. Oh, okay. <laughs> Naming sharks. <laughs> yeah. Tigers. Okay, doctor, tigers. I, have a, I have a problem. I just can't get it up anymore. That's all right. The, the hunters came in last night with a fresh set. <laughs> Bear balls. Yeah. <laughs> Hobo balls. You attach them to your own over top like a scrunchie. And... <laughs> Who would have predicted three minutes in and we're joking about murdering homeless people? <laughs> <laughs> murdering bears to keep homeless people alive, wasn't it? Um, I've lost track. No, no I think it was we were implying bears are hobos. That's right. Oh, that's yeah. Fair, yeah. <laughs> So you came back to New Zealand, you did yep. your schooling. When you left school, what did you go on to do? Or what uh, you I went Sorry. to uni with the great intention to be an engineer, be a productive member of society. And then I realized about halfway through that I was kind of shit at being an engineer and hated <laughs> it. <laughs> what kind of engineering? I didn't even get up to that point, mate. Oh, okay. I, I did the first year of general engineering before they let you pick and i then failed that and wasn't allowed through into any specific thing and i um did started stand up at like that year or the end of high school i think like the last christmas before of the roars on um at high school before i went to uni and then i just hated uni and i was like ah this this is a good plan anyways. <laughs> Look how many people become massively successful stand-ups. I reckon I've got this. Yeah, you're like, 
piece of cake. There's more <laughs> money in stand-up than there is engineering. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. These guys on seven days are rubbish. I'm better than all of those. Yeah, they're like, I can do that and vaguely build a bridge. And <laughs> <laughs> a Lego. Uh-huh. Yep. I was going to say, did you get as far as making bridges out of straws? Oh, no, no. They gave us uh, toothpicks. Oh, toothpicks. They let us use toothpicks and ice cream sticks. So uh, we were the fancy boys. Mm. Auckland University, they can afford a lot. Yeah. Oh, you didn't have to get your own lolly sticks. They gave you like a bag. Yeah, yeah. no, no. They get they gave us. They were, yeah, that was, that was also good that I did that year and failed because that was like the first year that Jacinda gave like the one year of free schooling <laughs> in tertiary oh, education. Yeah, so I got my first year of uh, being a fuckwit free. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Good use of our taxpayers' money. Yes, no, definitely. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, oh. we've seen what else they're using your taxpayers' money for. This probably was a better use of it. Hey, give it to the Mongol mob. <laughs> for, uh, lab. We'll give it to Thomas for his they- hearing. Uh, yeah. They have a meth problem or a very clean meth solution of sell it all to people. Or given that Labour have just dropped 9.5% in the poll tonight, obviously their 2.75 million to the mongrel mob has gone down really well. What? Where do you get these numbers? I am a man of watching the news, Thomas Chapman. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I am how, dare not. You, how dare you think that I just give out frivolous information <laughs> with absolutely no yeah. substance whatsoever? It is weird that to... people. Are, it's weird that the story, the truth of the story, which is actually it was just a continuation of a national party program, hasn't really stuck with people. That's because the national party don't exist anymore. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Are they just going to fuse with ACT and then we'll have a super party then? That's right. Yeah, a super right party. Yeah, yeah. Super yeah, right. Um, And they'll also <laughs> join forces with the Internet Mana Party, and then ah. <laughs> oh. They can't lose. No, they can't lose with Internet Manor. <laughs> we need Kim.com back. That's what we need. Yeah, uh, financing that. That's right. I'm back from Queenstown. With his mega upload stuff going on. So did you ever go back and study anything again, or did you just come out? I went back a couple times. <laughs> I, I did. And... Yeah, I, I did a semester of marine biology. Um Oh, wow. I, I never did a full year of anything else because I, I thought it was phys- engineering that I didn't like until I realized it was uh, university um, <laughs> and I wasn't smart enough for it. But um, yeah, and then during one of the lockdowns, I was just so incredibly bored and I was like, nothing in the world's going to happen for a while. So I might as well try and get a degree in the meantime and then just got behind and was like, yeah, maths isn't my strong suit. I haven't done maths for five years and then jump back in with university <laughs> level. It was not a smart plan. Mm. You are a professional student, it would be fair to say. Yeah, but professionals get paid for it. <laughs> Instead of, I'm a volunteer who's actively giving them money. <laughs> so give us a bit of insight to your comedy journey then. So you started around about the end of high school. How, how, did, how did you get into it and um, all of that sort of stuff? And uh, where were your first few gigs and stuff? Um, well, basically for the last year of high school and all of uni, 
uh, whenever I'd be studying, I would have Netflix open open in the background and I'd be just listening to comedy specials. So I was very obsessed with it. Um, and then one day was just like, I don't know what I'm doing in my life. Well, let's try this before I finish, before I start university. And emailed Scott to get on the classic, did a raw, and it went okay enough that I convinced myself, oh, I can do this. And then while walking home that night, I um, <laughs> I emailed another place and they were like, can you do 15 minutes on our music open mic night? And wow. I almost said yes to it. <laughs> I thought about it for a while and then I was like, nah, I probably don't have 15. I shouldn't. <laughs> and message them. I was like, oh, I'll come back. I'll get back to you in a couple of weeks or so. And then, uh, never got back to them because I only just recently got a good 15. Yeah. So how long before you entered your first raw quest did you get into comedy? Was it like the year before or something? Or? Well, I, yeah, I did the deceit, the last gig before the classic like closes for the holidays. Um, and then the next um, like raw, I did that where um, uh, who was on the final of that year? It was Lane, J Jamie, Hamish and uh, David Prentice were on that one, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so that year where they did Raw, um, I did that for the first time. Cool. And then I got, I did four of just the Raws and then didn't get into the semifinals or the finals. But that was fun. The first gig I did, Hamish Weber was there and I was wearing a backpack because I came from uni and he said, are you a prop comic? <laughs> and I have not lived it down since. <laughs> and now, even if I thought of a great prop gag, I could not do it. That's right. <laughs> and I've not, I've not, yeah, I've not carried a backpack to a gig since, just out of being like, I'm not a prop comic. All I can um, think of when people say about prop comics now is Joel Vincent and a bag full of dildos. Yeah, well, he's got a box of dildos. Mm. <laughs> the bag's got the ball gags in it. <laughs> That's true. <Yeah. laughs> no, he, he does it well. <laughs> he is great. Yes. I love that dick-throwing bit. It's so good. <laughs> uh, did, so you've done nothing in entertainment at all. It was very hard to move on from a dick-throwing gag to another question yeah <laughs> you've done whoever's listening is confused by it go see joel vincent we don't want to ruin it it's a good joke it is indeed yeah. as is most of his other um yes of, uh, yes prop gags as well so penal um, dildo related material <laughs> so if you you'd never done anything else in entertainment at all you hadn't done any acting or any plays or any of that shit you just one day watching Netflix specials went, yeah, this is probably for me then. Yeah, no, I I, I did like the school plays in primary school and high school, but I um, moved on to behind the scenes stuff because you didn't then have to act. But um, yeah, no, I didn't do anything like that. Yeah, I wanted to, I, I never even considered it. Like I didn't even 
really considered doing stand-up properly i didn't think about it at all i was just like i'll go give that a go then it went well enough i was like yep i'm now doing this that's cool was there anyone in particular who gave you like the inspiration like any comedians oh like who i like to watch Mm. or um probably one of my favorite comedians is frankie boyle oh yes back from where you guys are scotland and europe um he's great and just listen to his specials a bunch always found that funny so like the first gigs i did my jokes sounded fairly in his cadence and then you try and not you try and stop that after a bit but um yeah no i liked him and then like um sean rouse and stuff who's from the States, mm. who he's got a great, he's just a great comedian, but he's dead now. So, but Is he? I didn't realize, I didn't know he was dead actually. Yeah, no, he died like 2010 from wow. something probably, but no, he, yeah, I just watched a lot of comedy and then was like, this looks fun enough. Yeah. So I any point I don't put a lot of planning into most things I do, it seems. Yeah. Yeah, well, I was going to say that. How do you go about doing your writing? Is it just stuff that comes into your head? Or do you ever make a concerted effort to do writing X amount per week? Um, yeah, I, I do try and write a certain amount per week. But I try and it's most... You try and get most of it of, oh, that's funny when you think of something while doing something else and then write it down and then try and make it into an actual joke later. Because a lot of the time you think of stuff and if you said just what you thought, it's not funny. Mm. You actually have to make it into a joke that other people will be like, oh, yeah, that's funny. Instead of them just being like, what the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) Why are you thinking that stuff? Stop. (laughs) <laughs> that yeah. does still happen sometimes but yeah I was, I was at work the other day and my co-worker said don't tell the new guy that <laughs> <laughs> which means it's instantly funny from the start right well I was just saying that yeah she, she was talking about the process in Oz with the lockdowns and stuff and about people going out and I'd be like I'd be protesting I almost went insane in our four week lockdown and they have six months of it so I said if I got to that point, I'd be putting my testicles on my neighbor's mailboxes. <laughs> you mean you don't already? No, no, no. But this time it's in protest instead of just being fun. <laughs> do, you have a, do you have a certain way of doing going about your, your sort of joke writing? Um, a lot of people who listen to the podcast are always looking at how other people structure their joke writing and stuff like that and take you know, inspiration from it or whatever they take. And uh, obviously, I think people would be very interested at how you go about your stuff. Yeah, well, everyone's, every comic or people who are interested in comedy always want to know how everyone else writes a joke. Because you, you just hear people say jokes and you're like, fuck, how, how did you write that? Tell me so I can yeah. write something as good as that. Because, yeah, uh, yeah, I 
I don't really know. I I really don't think anyone knows. I think they just write how they think of jokes. But like, um, I usually will write. I will usually would have thought of like a joke, and then we'll write it down, and then see if there's like any like other jokes in that around that topic of that joke. So you could then become an actual like chunk of material instead of just being a one-liner because if you just have one-liners on very different topics it is real hard to get a flow of anything between all your jokes because like when I first started it was mainly just like one-line jokes of random topics and it's it's really stop-starty there's no like and you, you can't watch that for an hour or any length of time above like the six minutes so you, yeah i write the one and then you go is there another joke and you just you just write random stuff down and uh yeah i was trying that free writing stuff that um uh keegan does and like uh itay or itay um which is like you write constantly for like 10 minutes about one thing and then after the 10 minutes, see if there's anything in there. Mm. And you can't like stop or anything, even if you've run out of stuff to say, you just write, I don't know what to write. I don't know what to write. You're a dickhead, penis, 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 until something else comes into your mind. Yeah, I, I, I struggle with that. I don't, know, I don't know about you. Do you? Can you do the free writing concept? Very vaguely. <laughs> Like yeah. I, I've done it, but it's I, I don't get it. It's all misspelt. Um, <laughs> and trying to find anything useful from it is hard. But like it, it makes you think about something because you, yeah, for an extended period of time, specifically, instead of just thinking about it in your head and going over and over it in your head, which you probably would get you similar yeah it's something that neil thornton always goes on about a free writing stuff and uh i must admit i've not that's i think that's how it works for me like it doesn't really work for me but occasionally it has got me thinking about something i know i want to make a joke about in a different way and then that's what's like tricked myself into thinking about something that might yeah. be funny about it i guess but yeah it's, it's definitely a i think it's one of those ones that's if you if you're into it and you're good at it, great. But I think a lot of people probably struggle with it. Yeah, I think it's if you like writing to begin with, it'll probably be good for you. But if you're kind of shit at writing and like barely passed English, you'll just get annoyed at yourself with it. If you remember back, Matt uh, Neil was actually an English teacher, wasn't he, back in the states? That's right. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, good ah, point. It's cheating. So, Thomas, <laughs> you've done some uh, MC Trying to make work. us learn. <laughs> you've done some <laughs> MC work, uh, Thomas. Um, how, do, how do you find that compared to being a stand-up? Oh, I haven't done a lot of it. I've done like four, probably five gigs MCing, so not a lot. More than me, probably about the same as Darren. Okay, yeah. How many have you done, Darren? Three. Three, oh, yeah. Yeah, so around that. Yeah. Did you go and do uh, Ian's course on it? 
with Rado. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you did I, the course. Uh, yeah, I did the course. Yeah. 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 Um, there's still probably a lot to learn from it. Okay. But, um, yeah. How did How did you find it? And I'll, I'll share some experiences. How did yeah. you find doing it? Um. Yeah. I. It's real hard. It's completely different than actually doing a set because you you're not really there to make people laugh if you're the MC. You're meant to like in the start, like just set up the room that they're all having a good time and make people feel comfortable. Like do some jokes so they they get what the vibe is and then let the actual acts do it and then in between them if they've killed any momentum, try and get it back so the next person can do well or if something tension happened. Yeah. So yeah. You're not there to be funny. You're there just to make everyone else have a good time. Have you did you enjoy it as much? As oh, no. actually no, you don't enjoy it as much no. as I uh, yeah. I I don't like it because I can't understand I can't tell. It just feels like you're bombing. Because <laughs> like even if you people are having a good time and the the acts are doing well, you feel like you're bombing in between that because you get on and you're not saying anything. You're just saying the things that you would say in between jokes and your set to like get people on your side, get momentum, and then you next person. So you, at at the end of it, I was just like fuck, I felt like I bombed. And then yeah. people were like, no, it was a good night. It was a good one. It was like, all right. Um, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. Didn't feel like it, but sure. Yeah. Yeah. How, do you, how did you find it? Do you like doing it, Darren? Yeah, probably not so bad. Um, I, I did on Friday night, did do a fair bit of stuff in between acts because we only had about eight acts on. So I kind of filled out some time and you know, not everything goes great on the night, so you kind of always um, kind of just fill in the summer. I, I actually don't mind it. I know the part that I've got to improve, and that's the actual interacting with the crowd. But I think that <laughs> I think that would come more with doing more, you know, because you feel more comfortable and you build up a bit of stuff that would help you be more interactive with the crowd. Yeah. I started interacting with a couple, and they left it at the halfway. Mark on Friday night. So I was like, damn, I've actually got a rapport with someone and they've gone. <laughs> at Howick? Yeah, the Howick, yeah, at oh, yes. yeah, so I've been pretty lucky to get those sort of three opportunities to to do it. I I find it quite good because I sort of do presenting work to sort of industry bodies and stuff like that. So it doesn't really mean that it makes it much easier to MC because obviously when you're presenting for work, you're not expected to be funny and you're there to give fact, right? Yeah. Whereas MC, you're, you're, you're still... You're not there. making the meeting a good time. You're just... No, that's right. It's like, hey, anybody down for some... Yeah. Guys, remember to buy drinks from the bar? We're in an office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're going to heckle anyone, heckle me. Um, that's right, yeah. So, I don't uh, know. I don't know. I, I, feel like, um, I feel like there is a bit of crossover. I mean, obviously, I haven't emceed any gigs yet, but emceeing pub quizzes feels to me like it's not a huge amount different to, MC, to like present presenting things at work. But I guess that's because of the PowerPoints. <laughs> You've got the clicker to rely on. Yeah. But you I have to you... say, um, Darren, that was the first time I saw you. I've seen you MC, I think, um, yes. on Friday. And you weren't as bad as I'd been told. No, just <laughs> joking. Um, I thought it was good. I thought I thought you definitely, um, you did. You did all of the stuff that Nick Rado told us to do that would make a good MC. Thank you. So I've just got to get on to make a great MC next. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
And what exactly did Nick Rado tell everyone? Let's ruin the 50 bucks Ian's game. <laughs> <laughs> Spill the beans. Would you like me to email you a load of notes? Yeah, yeah. Cool. I'll email well, that, you a load of notes. I can send you the photo of the actual whiteboard. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I didn't go to the thing. I was just like, I know everyone who's going, so I'm just to ask them how it was. <laughs> Be like, any secrets? I took a whole heap of notes, so I will take some photos of my notebook and I will send them to okay, you. Okay, yeah, yeah. Great. <laughs> cool, because I'll edit this bit you out. see me next year, I'll start my own course. No, nah, don't edit this bit out. This is the funny part that everybody goes, I'm kind of annoyed that Thomas Chapman's clever enough to go, I'll wait for someone to send me some photos <laughs> instead. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to start a rival course that's 45 bucks. Yes. <laughs> Undercut them. So do you see yourself doing MCing onwards or like if I get asked, I'll do it, but I'm not going to pursue it? Uh, yeah, no, I'll, uh, I kind of, I, I want to do it because it is kind of the only way you can uh, make like money weekly in comedy pretty much yeah. is running a gig and MCing it. But for, you, you do have to like try and be, get good as an MC and just currently, I'm just trying to be good as a stand-up first. And once yeah. you've got that base of, you know, you're good as a stand-up and you have like a certain, like half an hour, you can then kind of start trying to get good at MCing. Or you can go the Matt Coom route and just whip off your shirt and sink a beer. <laughs> get a staph infection. Louise. But there are two ways of doing it. That's right, yeah. yeah. Or ask someone to eat hot chips out of your belly button. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or sing from Greece. Oh, yeah. Let's just, ruin, let's just tear Matt's entire act apart. <laughs> I love that. Okay. <laughs> so, um, throughout your time in comedy, have you ever had a point where you've gone, ah, this ain't for me? Uh, every gig you bomb? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the time I got booed off stage at Ding Dong. <laughs> I've heard about that. Was that a highly inappropriate joke that you made, in, which was very... Well, it was a joke about a topic that people had... That Gary, at the start of the night, had asked people to uh, not make a joke about it, and I wasn't there for that part, and then rocked up at halftime <laughs> a month yes. into comedy and was like, how about this joke, guys? And they're like, no. <laughs> when even the MC is booing you, you know that you've, uh, yeah. you've probably. <laughs> there was a very big gentleman there going, get off stage. And I was like, can I try another joke? And he was like, sure. And then that joke bombed. And I was like, I'll leave. <laughs> was it a really touchy subject or was it just an, a sensitive audience? Uh, yeah. And, but the fact that I was like, oh, can I try a different joke and just try another joke? And it just bombed as well. He was like, nah, get off. And I was like, okay. Yeah. You know when you you really lost your... (laughs) It is possible to lose the audience so much. You just can't recover. It doesn't matter how funny your next joke is. Like, they're so pissed off of you. Oh, the next joke wasn't funny either. So, (laughs) it was real funny. I might have had a chance to uh, not leave. I thought Friday night at Rhombus might be like that because I dropped out some of my more darker stuff and they seemed to absolutely lap it up. I was like, holy shit, this was not what I expected to happen. 
No, you yeah. know, some some audiences you look at and you're like, yeah, no, you could do as much, you know, you could go really on PC down here. You could definitely be <laughs> turn turn up the offensiveness like to 11 and people would still find it funny. It was definitely yeah. one of those nights, I think. Yeah, well, it was, wasn't it? Well, that's just the thing. If it's offensive, it just has to be as funny as it is like offensive. Mm. Yeah. And if it's not as funny as it is, people don't like it then they're not on board for it. But if you can make like real dark shit, but find a very funny point in it, people will laugh anyway. Yeah. Because yeah, they're like, fuck, you got me. Yeah. So what would you say? I got a couple of quick questions for you. Oh, what yeah. would you say is your best experience in comedy so far? Um, fuck, probably... Um, Doing the fest shows was insane of actual enjoyment of doing them, of like selling out three nights of a fest show and then doing 20 minutes and then be like, fuck, this is kind of making it. Was and that Springs? Yeah. Yeah. Which we're going to like, I think Christchurch in a bit and then next month, Wellington. Oh, wow. That's cool. cool. So hopefully those are doing well, but no, nah, it was great. And that, that's kind of something that I didn't really have down to discuss, but how did that come together with you, Jay and Jack? Was that just a sitting at a gig one night, you decided, oh, do you know what, us three kind of get on pretty cool? Or uh, It was originally uh, me, Jack, and... Um... Gene Gribben. Yeah, Gene. Fuck. Yeah. Sorry, Gene. Uh, <laughs> you listen to this. He's a long-time listener of this podcast. You moved to Aussie. I've forgotten you. Um <laughs> Yeah, but we were at Zach's bar and um, like when they were doing the fierce like put-ins and we were like, oh, fuck it. Let's do a show, the three of us. And then Jack did all the admin stuff for that. <laughs> and then um, Jean moved to Australia because her part, her boyfriend got citizenship there and New Zealand was didn't give him citizenship here. So yeah. he was like, well, oh, fuck, I'm moving to Aussie then. <laughs> and Gene had both, so we were like, fuck, we now have to get a third person. And we were like, well, Jay's good. She can do it. Yeah. And she wasn't doing anything else. So we were like, yeah, Jay, jump on board. Hey, you're in. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. It, was just, it was just Zach's bar and then shitting around at the back before that closed. And then we were like, well... No international acts are allowed into this international comedy fest, so we have a chance. And you kind of put an application in and away yeah. you go. Yeah, and they were like, we can't get famous people there this year, so let the punters in. Cool. Have you got any uh, thoughts of taking it up to like the Fongeray Fringe or anything like that at the moment? Or Yeah, I think we are doing that oh, this cool. year. Yeah, nice. as well. So, yeah. Cool. Good and Matt fun. and Darren didn't get stabbed when they went there, so you should be all right. Oh, yeah, Matt's... Yeah. Yeah, Whangarei is fun. It's... It's good. I don't know Look why people that. don't like it. I've... I never felt nervous about getting stabbed there, like, at all. No, it was just I a think... joke, because before these guys went up there, they um, there was a stabbing at the venue. Oh, nice. Okay. So there is stabbings around. Yes. Before, and, yeah, and, yeah. I mean, I like Fungarei itself. It's a great city. But, but just sharp. <laughs> yeah. 
The problem was it wasn't the fact they got stabbed, they'd actually died as well. So it wasn't, <laughs> just, like, it wasn't just like, uh, oh, they got stabbed and we all lived happily ever after. Um, it wasn't a fun no, house your yeah. friends sort of stabbing. Like, cheeky, little, uh, cheeky little stabbing yeah, yeah, yeah. aside. Yeah, it's not the kind of oh, it's a night out on the town, you drink a bit too much, you accidentally stab someone. That's right. It was a a spiteful. Yeah, just like Sid Vicious did. That's the one. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, uh, well, we didn't hate it that much because we're going back up there for the fringe. So, oh, yeah, you and Matt. I'm Craig. Oh, yeah, Craig. Matt and Craig show. I'm just kind of tagging along and around. And it's you've got a car. Your security. I'm security He's and a driver. car and and, yep. and and an opener, I think. So I think that fits <laughs> in those three categories. Yep. Well, that's a lot of categories to fit into. <laughs> well, I don't fit that's always the advantage. I don't fit into too many. I don't fit into too many others at the moment. So I might as well fit into the ones that I've got. Driver? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's got a drive license, that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. Caddy. Oh dear. He can buy so, the pies on the way up. That's yep. right. I am the pie guy. So um, you're so financing the, Matt's pies. Let the boy buy his own pies. <laughs> Probably financing Craig as well along the way. Oh yeah, so, well buy Craig pies. Just don't buy Matt pies. Craig needs pies. Yeah. <laughs> man's living on a bed on the floor. He needs something. He's got an electric guitar and a cardboard box next to him. That's it. That's it. You've been. I won't ask that you've been in Craig's bedroom. That doesn't sound quite like a. It sounds a bit of an awkward question. Come on, so, Darren. You were there. I was there, indeed. I was. That, yes. That was the night I walked home without pants on. <laughs> what? That was a great party, though, wasn't it? It was, it was a great party. I, it was a so, great party. Hang on a minute. Let's yes. unpack this a little bit. Okay. <laughs> So you and Darren were in Craig's yes. bedroom, yep, having a party, pants off, and you, no. left your, you lost your pants that night. No, no, I didn't lose my pants. That was a, another night party that I was. I woke up in someone else's pants. This time, I actively took my pants off. Right. Yeah. I um, it was at the end of the party when I was going home, and um. My my keys were taken off me, uh, probably for the best. Yes. Um, but I, in a drunken haze, didn't realize who would take them. I thought I just lost them, so I was real <laughs> angry with myself. So I then angrily pushed my moped a kilometer into Newmarket before it. I was just like, "This is way too hard" because it was too heavy and there was a hill up ahead, and I like. I just left it there on the street and continued to walk home. But by this point, because it was quite warm because I'd been pushing a scooter, I took my shoes and pants off because that's the logical next step. Not take the jumper off that I was wearing, take your pants off. So then I was just walking up like Newton Gully, holding my pants and shoes, yelling at cars. <laughs> The, the, the type of party it was that night, though, that, that just is just a great ending to that party. Oh, yeah. It was a fucked up party. But, I don't uh, know why I was not, like, stopped. From, <laughs> like, someone was like, put your pants back on. Because I, I walked home and I was near the hot, like, I walked past the hospital. And, like, why was no one there being like, 
That is a man walking in the street without pants on, yelling at cars and buildings. He is clearly escaped from here. Like, <laughs> Absolutely great. You could have, um, could have kick-started yeah. your TV career there on police. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Posing for dash cam footage. That is such an appropriate end to the party. Yeah. That, then, that sort of party that it was. Yeah, then I got to K Road and I was like, I should put my pants back on. Back on. Yes, definitely. Yeah, definitely yeah. want to do that on K Road. Yeah, I put my pants back on, but then I took my shirt off because it was, I was still trying to battle this warmth thing. <laughs> but I was like, K Road, I'll, I'll put pants back on. It'll be sensible. As long as you did put your pants on first and then take your shirt off, not take your yes. shirt off first. Yeah, then... there was not a stage where I was just nude on that bridge. That would have been dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is quality. I yes. almost the next question is what is your most bizarre funniest moment? I think it's not far off that. <laughs> um I don't know. I, I helicoptered my friend in the Ponsonby Road Bistro <laughs> on the way to a gig. That was <laughs> Yes, yeah, yeah, no. Um actively. Well, it was Father's Day and he was sitting in the window seat, so he was kind of asking for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is classic. There with his dad, dad's new girlfriend, his girlfriend. It was it was a to-do. <laughs> no, that is quality. Yeah. I, I walked uh, past at first and was like, man, he's, it'd be perfect to flash right now. And then like walked halfway to the gig. And then I was like, fuck, I won't live it down if I don't do it. And then walked, turned around and walked back. <laughs> and then they went down like a side street and like took all my clothes off. <laughs> <laughs> and I like tied them together so I could grab them and run away with them, with all of them in one spot. <laughs> yeah, and it didn't go how I wanted. I thought he would laugh, but no one did. <laughs> I knocked on the window nude covering my junk then went like ah and started helicoptering and no one laughed at all <laughs> and I did it for like a good five seconds and I was like fuck <laughs> what have I done and ran away <laughs> I grabbed my clothes and ran off and then got changed into them by a park and then texted him like fuck I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> I thought it'd be funnier. <laughs> he was like, "Oh no, it's all good." Uh, oh, my dad's met you before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you have a bit of a reputation for taking your clothes off in places. Oh no, nah. I do now. <laughs> yeah, do now. Uh, Once this goes out, you will. Yeah, that's right. Well, the other one was pure heat problems of. That was just a central AC problem on the street. <laughs> the other one was more deliberate. Yeah, this is this episode is going from Thomas Chapman sticks and stones to Thomas Chapman laid bare or something like that. It's kind of Thomas Chapman's sticks and stone. <laughs> yeah, you just add your sticks and stones there for the <laughs> helicopter. <laughs> I was nineteen. It seemed like a good idea. No, fair we've all done we've all done things at nineteen that we regret. Um, um, that that's just a story. If you're listening, Ponsonby Road Bistro, <laughs> you're available to be there. Yeah. 
brand, their brand icon, aren't you? <laughs> so you have, um, you have finally made it as a well. I say finally made it. That's possibly over egging the pudding a little bit, but you've started to get more pro gigs now. Um, yeah. I've seen you. I think you've seen you on Big Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Is that right? How does that feel compared to um, <clears throat> doing things like the Raw Quest in terms of the pressure? Um. I don't know. The pressure's not as much, I think, as like some of the um, real shit gigs you do, because hmm. you don't have to do as much work for it to go good. Like it's on all the open mics where it's like there's an audience there, but they don't want to be listening to you. Like you just interrupted the the rugby, and you're like, "Hello." Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know you guys had, were having a nice night out, but I've got some opinions. <laughs> that you need to listen to. Yeah, that someone gave me a microphone, so I'm going to yell at you now. Mm. You've got to make them like you, but like at the classic and stuff, it's so like official, like the, the crowds bought tickets to go see comedy. So they're in it more from the start. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, a little bit less pressure. It gets pressure when you start to bomb. Yeah. Did you Is feel any pressure going into the Raw Quest? Because you were being really heavily touted as obviously a favourite because you're damn good. But like a lot of people are going, this guy's going to smash it. This guy's going to bring it home. At any point, did you go, fuck, I hope I am going to bring it home? Uh, and did you feel any pressure? Or did you, were you just like uh, blind to all of that and didn't really pay any attention to it? Uh I, it was pre- it was stressful, being like, hope this is good, and trying to remember all your jokes. But I I had a while to get it all down and get it all good because I it was basically from the raw before all the way along. It's like people like Joe McCarthy who like only been doing like free gigs, and then they get mm. to the final, and you're like, yeah. fuck, man, <laughs> yeah. like, fuck, you're funny. <clears throat> That's annoying. Yeah, I remember Josephine Bartley got to the final after one gig. Yeah, that's that's insanity, right? Yeah, and then the pressure's on you because they're like, "Well, you've had some practice. These people yeah. haven't, and they're here." <laughs> you're like, "Hi, I know." <laughs> yeah, like if they forget material, they've only done it once before. I remember going to one particular gig multiple times and you were always introduced on the stage as the future winner of raw or something like that and i was like oh my god you know i mean that's a particular mc who (laughs) loved you (laughs) and we'll leave it at that (laughs) so um obviously you said that you were born in new zealand raised in new zealand did your year in canada when you were young obviously as your comedy career starts to progress do you see yourself trying a bit overseas and trying a different market yeah i I want to do that was always like um i because you kind of idolize it the states is like the idea of like being able to go there and do shows but then you look into it and you're like fuck i'll have to get like a visa and stuff and they don't hand those out basically to anyone yeah. So I I was like, that seems fun. And I got so obsessed with like trying to go there and doing stand up. 
I was at work trying to calculate how I could live, like do comedy in the States, but live in Canada. Because <laughs> you can go there for 30 days at a time, uninterrupted on a visitor's visa. And then you would have to go back to Canada for a day mm. and then train back in and you can do then 30 more days. Yeah. And I was like, I was trying to find a place that was close enough to the border of Canada, America, that you could be like, well, Detroit's only like four hour drive between the two. What's Seattle? That'll be pretty close, wouldn't it? Oh, I don't know, actually. It might be yeah. a bit long. Yeah. I don't know. A lot of lakes here, apparently. Yes. I know there was, I know there was actually somebody, you joke about that, but there was somebody doing that. I'm not sure if it was a comedian or a musician or something. Somebody did do that for a while. Oh, yeah, living in, like, Canada and just... Well, t- officially living in Canada. In reality, okay. living in the States. But yes. going back often enough to get away with it. Yeah, that's the thing. You could probably do that for a while and, like, live as an undocumented migrant. But mm. if you ever want to uh, become good and start touring and people know your name, you then have to get a visa. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, where have you been the last two years? And you're like, um, Alaska? <laughs> the Yukon? Uh, I've been up there. Well, you've been touring. Uh, no, no. Uh, All making it loose. It can be Photoshopped, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so have you done much touring around New Zealand? Or have you mainly just done comedy in Auckland? I, I haven't done anywhere other than Auckland and like Hamilton and then I did like two gigs up in Whangarei I haven't done like Christchurch or Wellington yet at all which I'm doing like in two weeks which will be real fun but no Hamilton always felt like you're actually going to do comedy instead of just like living in Auckland and doing it here Mm. because I remember like when I first started there were like a bunch of gigs in Hamilton like basically every second Wednesday you could drive down to Hamilton and do a gig and it it felt like you were actually a comedian because you drove down, you did your gig, then you slept in either a hostel or outside a meth house and <laughs> yeah. drove home the next morning. I stayed in a hostel one night and it was so bad. There's a guy like itching under me coming off something and then another guy who did not talk at all and slept with his suitcase in his bed. And I was just like, this was not worth whatever the amount of like 30 bucks I paid for this. And then like breakfast the next day, you had to wait until nine to get. Fuck. And it was like, it was a pancake mix out of a bottle into a waffle iron and about 50 people stand lining up for it. And it ran out about 10 people in. Oh man. But for some reason, there was like a 60 year old lady in this hostel as well. Did she own it? No, she was getting the breakfast with us. Oh. That might have been her breakfast as well if she owned it, but no, she just looked like a traveler. Oh man. And it was just like, um, this is sad for you. I'm yes. a teenager still. This is technically I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> you mean to have a family. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things, you know. I mean, you might not know this, having with limited experience overseas, but the standard of hotels and motels in New Zealand's not great compared to most of the rest of the world. Yes. Uh, so for me, we're like, not known for our hotel game. 
the one time I stayed in a in a hostel was the jailhouse hostel in Christchurch, yeah, and it's literally man. an old jailhouse. And don't stay there in the winter because it's cold, and you yeah. literally stay in this really narrow bed in a cell. It's just yeah. <laughs> I'd, have, I'd have driven back that night from Hamilton. Well, I've been drinking, so I couldn't. Uh, I was like, I can't now. Yeah, that's like when I slipped outside of the meth house. I was like, I had planned to drink, so I like, sli- I like brought a blanket at least. But the whole night, I was watching like people go in and out of the house buying meth, uh, and I like, and they must have thought I was a weirdo because I I bought like a watermelon to eat as my dinner, but I forgot <laughs> to bring like cutlery or a knife or anything, so I. I had to like crack it open on the sidewalk like a monkey. <laughs> over my head, and then I cr- ripped it open and ate it with my hands, just squatting by my car. <laughs> and then just like walked to the um, the Waikato and washed my hands in it. Oh my god! <laughs> I was surprised you got any hands left. Yeah, and I was like, man, I'm a. This is what road comedians are doing. It's like, no, I think you're just eating a watermelon like a weirdo. <laughs> at least you were he- that was the healthy option though you could have just had a pie yeah. I thought it was healthy but a watermelon is just basically sugar and water mm. I felt very sick after just eating a watermelon it was such a big watermelon <laughs> and I was like I don't want to waste it and I can't like save it because it's just open so the an, car, entire, like... an entire watermelon I had a good half of it. Oh, man, that is sickly. Oh. <laughs> it was not good. I felt so ill. <laughs> and I was like, why did I do this to myself? Oh, good word. I, mean, I, I was learn. In... When I was in Takaka as well, I, I ate a watermelon on the sidewalk as well down there. <laughs> so nudity and watermelon seems to be your thing. <laughs> I'm Sadly. not sure what to call this episode. It's got a big, <laughs> we've got several naming options here. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost become American Pie-esque at the moment with nudity and food. <laughs> I like it on the record. I'm not having sex with these fruits. I'm not American Pieing. I'm not having quizzical looks and going, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> They're not that Going warm up to my friends either. being like, hey, you know what watermelons feel like? And they're like, no, they don't. And you're like, okay. <laughs> how, to, how to say I'm a virgin without saying I'm a virgin. Yeah, yeah. Dudes, watermelon feels just like, it's like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> not how would you know? You're also a virgin. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no. Yeah, I am dating a watermelon, but she goes to a different school. You wouldn't know her. <laughs> yeah. She's in college. <laughs> oh dear I was with this watermelon over the summer <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a holiday a holiday yeah. watermelon that'd be a weird thing just to like have that as code in your friendship group <laughs> <laughs> is your watermelon emotional no yeah. it's skinned <laughs> oh that's a uh... you grind off that Dad joke. <laughs> I thought I'd drop my best dad joke, given I'm a dad anyway. Um, 
Given, oh my dad, you sounded so sad, man. (laughs) No, I'd never think back to how much money I've spent on being a dad. Father of three daughters and a watermelon. That's right. (laughs) I'll tell my wife that you called her a watermelon. Well, you're not her father. (laughs) You're not your wife's father. (laughs) You don't know what his family's like. Exactly. You don't know what part of England we're from. We could be that way. Oh, what's the your wife? Part I'm of pretty sure she's not your daughter. <laughs> what's the inbred part of England? Norfolk. Is it just the Royals, or is it there's like the Royals, and then there's Norfolk. Norfolk. Okay. Yes. East Anglia. That's definitely mm. inbred. And Wales. Oh, I'm no. Wales. Okay. Yeah. No. Wales. They they sleep with animals. No. The island yeah. of the interesting one is the island of St Kilda off the coast of Scotland, where they eat albatrosses. They pull okay. their albatrosses off the cliffs and throw them to the ground, hurl them to the ground, and then they break their spines. And then they climb back down and they eat them. Why don't the albatross fly? No, no, they they like they knock them out. Oh, okay. The force that they throw them with, they've got really they're really muscular. These um, St Kildans. And they've got really long fingers and toes, and they've got like six toes, so they can really climb barefoot up the cliffs. I'm not joking. I'm not making this up. Are you like, is this a heroin trip we're all on here? <laughs> what kinks are you into, mate? That you've been googling <laughs> muscular, long-toed men. Why don't they just well, use strong enough to knock point. out a bird? What's wrong with that? Don't kink shame. No, I but, am. <laughs> They could at least come. You should up be to ashamed the... of that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> they could at least come up to the times and chloroform the albatross and make the suffering less. It's probably what they do now. To be fair, <laughs> no, they they used to tie them. I can't remember exactly what they did. They actually tied them to a. They had like these wooden planks with string on, and they went up behind the albatross on the cliffs. I'm not joking. And they'd like somehow tie it to the plank, and then the plank would knock it out, and it'd fall to the ground. With the plank. I'd like to point out what? at this point that I never learned anything like this at school. <laughs> we both went to school uh, in England. <laughs> the albatross about eating it. incest aisle. Uh, <laughs> I thought you would tell me that they had they learned to fly by tying albatrosses to planks of wood and holding on. That would be more fun. Yeah. This feels like some Icarus type story going on here or something. Like that. Mm. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what this in- I'll tell you what does interest me about you, Mr. Chapman, amongst many other things. Uh, and that is, as a young 21-year-old, you book the trend of a lot of people your age, especially comedians as well. Like a lot of us use social media to try and get ourselves out there and stuff like that. But my understanding is that you're not a big social media person. I'm just, just interested. At it. Why? Is, is that it or is it just that you find it that you can live without it? I'm just bad at it. And I was like in high school, I didn't have a phone for a while that could do like social media. When it like first came out. Came out like when like Snapchat was first a thing and like Instagram yeah. and stuff. My phone didn't do it. Like I, I had a um, an iPod, so I would have to connect to Wi-Fi to then use it. And I just for some reason I just never got into it. And now then I was like, at like sixteen, I was then behind everyone. Yeah, with social media, I was just like, 
well, I, I've gone this far, might as well not. I think it's something you're going to have to move to if you want to take yourself to the next level or do you say, oh, yeah. I'm doing pretty well without it, so I've got other ways of getting myself out there. Yes, I'm, I'm going to have to get good at it eventually because there's not really any new comedians you can think of who have not just gotten popular through social media have gotten a following that way at least somewhat so yeah. and also i i want to get like actually like get understand it because i should know stuff mm. like people when i was in like high school would mention things and i was like i don't know what that is i'm just <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like I, I should technically know this stuff i'm i'm the age where i should do it and like tiktok came out and then I just never understood it. And then like people are dancing and you're like, okay, this is strangely what the generation under me loves is dancing. How did dancing become the thing? Yeah. With, like Fortnite dances and TikTok dances. How has dancing become cool again? I think you're asking the two wrong people, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, but you guys come from a time when dancing used to be cool, and it's finally come back around. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it, that all of a sudden, because go back about three years, all everybody wanted to watch was cat videos and cats being scared by cucumbers and shit like that. Cats are um, scared of cucumbers? They are. You need to get on social media if you're not. I'm going to go harass my cat after this. <laughs> yeah, find a cucumber, it's worth it. But it's got to be one of those long, smooth cucumbers, not the lumpy ones. So not a zucchini? <laughs> I don't know the types of cucumbers. Okay. Yeah, there's, two, there's telegraph cucumbers, and then there's <clears throat> Lebanese cucumbers, I think they are. And so I think yeah. you need a telegraph cucumber. And is that because cats are st- scared of technology? Uh, I think it's the fact that a cucumber can actually transmit messages is the... <laughs> Thing that winds them up, yeah. No, but you put it behind them, put it just off to one side, and then attract their attention. And they turn around and they leap into the air. Ah, oh. oh, if it's because they transmit messages, that's why it'll be a telegraph cube. Yeah. Well done, Darren. You got the Back to Matt Danaher's meme corner. Explain <laughs> some memes. Yeah, I'm going to give this bit its own sting. Yep. Yeah, if you can just start a YouTube channel and tell me trends, yeah. <laughs> so I can keep up to date so yeah. I don't have to do the work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really good money-making idea, actually. I'll, I'll have a little tip jar on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you could just listen to our podcast. You got a cam explaining memes? <laughs> Come to the Matt Danaher's OnlyFans to find out. Uh, <laughs> I've got an OnlyFans, actually, funny enough. Um, any, anyway, this seems like an appropriate... <laughs> Time to ask whether there's any other subject matters you'd like to raise or um, anything you've got to promote. If it's next Thursday and you're in Christchurch and you're listening, I've got a show at Goodnights. Please come along. It's me, Jack Caldwell and Jay Zoo. Uh, shoestrings. Uh, should be good. It's going to be a good night out. Come, please. Cool. We can promote I don't know one. if we've sold any tickets. I should ask Jack about that. Um, Hopefully. Yeah, but uh, if you're in Wellington in September sometime, we're also there. I have no clue where. Um, but 
I need to take the time off work to yeah I okay <laughs> uh basically yeah I as we've established I'm not on social media so I'm um, sorry you can't follow me anywhere coming into a spaceship being like hello <laughs> because I am on social media shoestrings Christchurch is Friday the 13th of August from 7 p.m. spooky at Good Times Comedy Club. Cool. Sounds like it'll be a good right. time. We'll we'll find out the real details for the Wellington gig as well and put them in the show notes. Oh, thank you, mate. Anyway, um, uh, oh, sorry. I don't, oh, no, I was just going to say, oh, I think that's a podcast, is it? I don't yes. know. Is that any good? It's it's okay. <laughs> yeah. I think it's better strong. in the middle. <laughs> depends what the hell ends up going out yep uh, <laughs> and that's I hope that was okay I hope I no that was good you that was good you needed um, yes you did yeah alright nice one thank you very well, much coming on have a good one good yeah, luck tonight yeah appreciate it Thomas all the best for the future sweet I'm done leave yeah go to the gig yeah enjoy awesome.